พุทธังธรรมังสังขังนามาสามิ This last week or two, I've been uh, talking with with some of you, some of the visitors as well, and guests, and it's uh, yeah, it feels very good to be. I've been away for quite a long time, three years, looking after my mother with COVID and then her stroke. So it feels very good to be back in the monastery. Talking about practice and the Dhamma, it's good to be back doing what I used to do. It's, been, it's a bit rusty actually. That's the first Dhamma talk I've given in three years, I think. So it's uh, I'm a bit rusty. So these conversations, I hope they've been useful to the people I've been talking to, but they've been useful to me as well. Just um, getting back into. Discussing practice, discussing the Dhamma, questions that I can re remember that were useful. I hope people don't mind me borrowing them, but there was somebody was asking about how to practice with um, physical pain. So a good question for all of us, probably for all of our lives. That's going to be a, a question. Another question somebody was asking was about how to work with emotional pain, like sort of upset, anger, even rage. It's very painful emotions we can get trapped in. How to practice with that? Somebody else was asking about what's the nature of our core being or core identity. What's the nature of that? So, So I thought I thought tonight I'd uh, talk about some of those themes, and uh, thank you for the people who asked those questions. I think it's um, it's probably useful to go back to the beginning with um, with practice, as as we all know. Practice it, it's not something that we just do. In the Dhamma Hall, on the, on the meditation cushion, something which we can do anywhere, at any time, and that that moment of remembering, remembering to practice, that we might have forgotten for minutes, hours, days, weeks, doesn't matter how long we've forgotten for, but. That moment of remembering is is a, a precious event. It's a precious thing, and we should appreciate it rather than being you know, irritated that we've forgotten to practice. We should appreciate that moment. This this, this muscle of remembering. This is uh, what we're developing in, in practice. Coming back. Beginning again. Um, what do we do? What's the once we've remembered? What do we do? And the the best thing to do is to bring our attention into our bodies. That's that's the basic framework of practice: mindfulness of the body. 
So whatever we're doing, we remember. And we bring our attention to what posture we're in, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, establish mindfulness of whatever posture we're in. Establish mindfulness of the sensations in, in the body. And then whatever it is that we might be doing, the activities that we're doing, we might be uh, stretching our arm out, bringing it back in, stretching our leg out, bringing it back in, going somewhere, coming back. We might be getting up or going to bed, might be getting dressed, might be getting washed, going to the toilet, eating, drinking, brushing our teeth. All these activities are opportunities to establish mindfulness. Whatever we're doing, wherever we are. And then we forget, we get distracted. Thinking about something, doing something, and then we remember. And then when we remember, we don't analyze, get irritated with ourselves, or analyze what, why did we forget. We just come straight back, begin again, re-establish mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness of the postures, of the movement, of the sensations. And what, what this means is, it, is this becomes a habit. It means at the end of the day when we, when we sit down on the cushion to meditate, then there's a momentum of a practice, there's a habit a practice and we're not we're not um, starting cold we're not, we're not starting from scratch we've got a kind of a, a basis to to start on mindfulness is, is already to some extent there and then when we uh, <clears throat> when we sit on the cushion or sit on the chair to, to meditate and again we're, we're establishing mindfulness in our body the hands and arms, feet, legs, and then this middle part of the body, belly, the, the, the chest, and the um, and it's, it, it helps a lot if we're sitting in a way whereby the, the um, middle part of the body is, is, is open, there's a feeling of openness there, and we start to notice the, the movement of breathing, uh, the expansion in the belly and the chest, the contraction. And to start with, this feeling is, is quite neutral, actually. And see, most people during the course, course of a day will probably not notice the sensation of breathing. It's, it's sort of uh, underneath the radar, underneath the level of consciousness. It's, it's not especially pleasant, it's not especially unpleasant, it's a kind of neutral feeling. In, in Buddhism, this is the big important discovery of the Buddha, was that this is what we should be pursuing, this, this neutral feeling. The hedonistic way of pursuing pleasant feeling, the Buddha discovered that didn't work. The ascetic path of pursuing painful feeling, he discovered that that didn't work. And sitting under the tree, remembering how he'd, as a child, been aware of his breathing, his attention turned to this neutral sensation. It's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. 
it's what he called the middle way, the middle way between between two extremes, the extreme of pursuing pleasant feeling and the extreme of pursuing painful feeling. This is the middle path of pursuing with the same kind of energy, perseverance, passion, pursuing neutral feeling, the middle way. It's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And if we pursue that, if we stay with that for long enough, then that feeling becomes a, a pleasant feeling. It's the, the uh, soft, warm, pleasant feeling of breathing in, pleasant feeling of breathing out. We start to discover that this neutral feeling is actually a pleasant feeling. And when, if you start to notice that, if you start to, to, to notice how what was a very neutral, uninteresting thing is actually pleasant, and has a calming effect on the mind, then we start to become more interested. If we, we can notice this pleasant quality of the physical sensation of breathing, it generates this kind of interest. We start to get more interested in it. And also, as the mind starts to become more calm and happier, that has an effect on the body as well. The body starts to become more calm get into a, this positive feedback loop. And what was something that we didn't really notice, like a, a tiny dot on a screen, it's as if it enlarges and becomes a like a um, thumbnail image, and then bigger becomes like a photograph on the screen, and then eventually takes up the whole screen. And in the same way, the, if we pay attention to the neutral feeling of breathing, pay attention to it then we start to notice it's, it's actually quite pleasant it has a calming effect on the mind it's uh, kind of soft warm pleasant feeling of expansion and contraction I like to think of it as being a bit like um, kneading dough when you're kneading bread it's that very pleasant activity kind of pressing in gathering up and spreading it out it's like kneading dough, it's like we're massaging ourselves from the inside. So this question of how do we work with uh, physical pain? If we put our attention, generally for most people, if they put, put our attention straight onto the pain, it's, it's difficult, it's a bit much, it's overwhelming. So the if we but if we can first take our attention away from it and onto the feeling of breathing, if we can find a, a place in the body where it's comfortable to breathe and that might be there's three general areas, there's the belly, there's there's the chest, there's the nose, there's the three general areas where you can notice the breathing and uh, um it, Different people find if different places work for them <clears throat> as a sort of home base where they keep coming back to. And uh, for many people, it, it's the, the belly works very well for many people. And then having created this pleasant, calm, settled home base, then we can take our attention to the, the pain, the physical pain or the emotional pain, 
or the issue if there's some issue that uh, that's, that's upsetting us or that we we need feel like we need to work on some problem we can give that some attention normally these these kind of issues for uh, before we meditate or to, for an untrained mind they just pull us in and overwhelm us some difficulty or problem we just end up worrying about it and thinking about it and not really solving it or if it's a physical pain we end up being sucked into it and we can't sleep or if it's an emotional pain we can get overwhelmed easily by some some upset some worry some anger some rage or something whereas with this tool of, of, of mindfulness of breathing then we have a skill where we can create a, a kind of a safe calm pleasant space pleasant place where we can rest our attention strengthen ourselves and, and then when we're ready we can pick up these these themes and and to do that we, we have to ignore them to start with um, physical pain emotional pain problems they pull our attention in and uh, during meditation it's our opportunity to put them to one side and, and develop the meditation theme or mindfulness of breathing and that takes effort we have our attention's naturally pulled into these things like a magnetic attraction so we have to work against that magnetic attraction and cultivate cultivate the breathing cultivate this this uh, neutral sensation breathing in and breathing out and <clears throat> the encouragement is to find some way of breathing or, or, or some place that's comfortable and I, like I was saying for some people it might be the belly for other people it might be the chest might be the nose some people have tensions and, and pains in different parts of the body so to find we all need to experiment to find a way of breathing that's comfortable that's pleasant for us and after we've been practicing for 5, 10, 15 minutes then the, the attention tends to relax and broaden and, and we become aware of the whole body it's like the whole body breathing and for some people that, that, that's the ideal comfortable place settled place is a sense of the whole body breathing rather than any particular spot so using this, um, this tool the, 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 this lovely space of a relaxed calm peaceful mind so we, we can address and turn our attention staying mostly in this uh, calm space we can give some of our attention not most of it just part of it to, to the issue that we're dealing with the physical pain the emotional pain or the, the problem the issue that we're deal, trying to deal with in our life and then if, if we get disturbed, if we get pulled in, then we just come back to the breathing again, come back to the pleasant place. And then when we're ready, we go back, we pick it up again, but we keep most of our attention in the calm, settled, pleasant space of the breathing in and breathing out. And then the lesser part of our attention we give to the problem, the physical pain, emotional pain, the issue that we're working with.
and then this this wonderful tool of a, of a calm mind. It's also um, the ideal place for wisdom to arise, for for insight. It's wisdom and insight are much more likely to arise in a, in a calm, peaceful mind, a mind that's had time to to settle. This question about what is our you know, core identity or core being, we can start to investigate these kind of questions and the, uh, the uh, nature of consciousness, what's the nature of consciousness. And, and to do this, we, we don't need to start thinking about something else. If, if we're doing mindfulness of breathing, we're aware of the physical sensation of, of breathing, then that's what we, we investigate. There's a, there's a, we meditate for 10, 15 minutes, and the mind exp, expands, becomes a, a sense of, we get a sense of the whole body breathing. Then we can start, we investigate this very sensation that, that we're calmly feeling, the sensation of breathing in, physical sensation of breathing out, Nice, sort of reasonably, reasonably calm mind, reasonably settled. We start to look at that directly. We don't, we're not thinking about it. We're, we're just looking at it. And what what we're doing is we're tuning into a kind of natural curiosity. We don't need to sort of think about it to investigate consciousness. We don't need to think about it. We just tune into our natural curiosity because we're all curious as well. What is going on? this consciousness in this body what is happening what what is it so it's that natural curiosity that, that, that we're uh, tuning into we can notice breathing in breathing out physical sensation we start to notice that the, the sense of the body the whole body it's not some fixed permanent thing it's actually a moving, changing, kind of fluid experience, almost like sort of energy moving. It's kind of insubstantial. It's uh, very different to the <coughs> concept that we have of it. We, we have a, tend to carry a concept of the body as some kind of solid, permanent, fixed thing, and then we identify with it, this, I am this body. But when we look directly in our experience, mindfulness of breathing, mindfulness of the body, we start to notice it's a moving, changing process of, it's like an energy, it's insubstantial. It's a kind of, like a sense impression hanging in the, in the space of awareness. It's not this kind of solid thing. And then the other inter interesting thing about it is it's, it's not us, is it? We're observing this, we're experiencing this. It's not. It's not me. It's not self. This this body, this experience of the body. And even the the things that we experience with the body, with touch, like the the floor or the cushion or the chair, we we are, we tend to perceive somehow that we we directly know these things, the floor, the cushion, that actually that our ex 
experience, what we directly know is a sense impression. Isn't it? That's what we directly know. And we infer that these objects exist. But we don't have direct knowledge. What we have direct knowledge of is, is the sense impressions arising in the mind, insubstantial sense impressions. Then we we can, as it were, turn the arrow of a of attention round and look inwards at this this me who is experiencing all these things, experiencing the body, experiencing the world. Turn the arrow of attention round, but that's a metaphor, really. We can't really do that, can you? Like the the eye can't really see itself, the eyeball can't really see itself, or the, the eye, the ego can't really see itself. It's it's uh, more of a metaphor. It's more more like what we're doing is we're <clears throat> allowing attention to, to fall back into the into itself or allowing attention to fall back into the, the source where it comes from and noticing that. And when we do that we, we, we see that there's a it's like a kind of wide open space emptiness vac like a vacancy the it's like the seat where we think we're sitting is it's empty but it's also full isn't it it's full of this space is full of knowing that's a, that's where the knowing happens in this wide open space and then the things that we know the objects they they actually have the are of the same substance as the knowing it's all made of knowing it's, all, it's not so much that there's a knower knowing an object a known thing it's more like there's this process of knowing happening selfless knowing And we, we can apply this to uh, seeing as well, sight consciousness. We've, we've talked, I've talked about doing it with physical consciousness, body consciousness, sensations, but we can do it with, with sight and notice that the you know the things that we that we see when our when our eyes are open and we're examining sight consciousness, the uh, what we're actually experiencing are images. The, the, there are images that arise in consciousness, a bit like an image on a computer screen or, or, a, or a photo. The, uh, we don't directly know the objects out there. What we directly know is uh, images arising in, in the mind, kind of walking around in a, a three-dimensional image that's actually inside our heads. It's, uh, we, uh, we infer you know, the objects, the outside world, but our actual direct experience of these images in arising in consciousness. And uh, they're not permanent, they're impermanent, they're moving, changing, insubstantial, just hanging in the space of awareness. And, and then with, with sight consciousness, we can turn the hour of our attention around and, uh, and look in at where this me 
we have a perception of this me looking out. And, um, and of course if we do that, again the, uh, of course we can, we can even do it with sight consciousness, you can, you can look at your, your own legs and think, well that's, I can see my legs but that's, that's not me because I can see them. You keep looking up with your body, torso, that's not me, and then you, you keep turning in, then there's just this space out of which we're seeing, out of which everything's happening. And there has to be an emptiness, because if, if it was full we wouldn't be able to see out. If, if there was some little person in there, homunculus, we wouldn't be able to see out. There has to be a, a vacancy for experience to, to happen. The, uh, similarly with, with sound, we can do the same thing with sound. Like when we hear a bird, we have a perception that we know this bird, but actually the, the sound of the bird is just a, a process happening in consciousness. It's an insubstantial, moving sort of sound image. We don't directly know the bird. We, what we directly know is this moving, insubstantial, changing experience in our consciousness and, and again we can, we can turn the arrow of attention around and look for the hearer, the one who hears, the person doing the hearing and if we do that when the mind's calm and peaceful we, we see there's a silent wide open space in there. And then also with, with the mind, with thinking Thinking is, is, is very much like uh, internal sound. It's the, you can think a thought intentionally, like I am a human being, and see this, examine the thought. It's not, don't let me tell you, you know, the nature of it, it's something we can you know, find out for ourselves. You think the thought, I am a human being, and and then notice the gap, the silence beforehand, and the silence afterwards. And then if you think it slowly, there's gaps between each word. You start to see that actually there's, there's no such thing as a thought, as an object. It's, it's a process, just an insubstantial, moving, changing process, thinking. And it's not me. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm not, the, I'm not my thoughts. And then we can ask the question of the thinker, then who's the thinker? Again, turning the arrow of our attention around metaphorically and looking into the space where the thoughts are coming from. Seeing for ourselves what they're not, not believing what I say or what the books say. We look for ourselves and see what's in there, what's uh, in this place where we think we should find me or a person, a self. See what's in there. Kind of a so the, these are um, exercises for, for getting to know the knowing. Uh, what Lumpur calls it just knowing awareness. Selfless just knowing awareness. And start to see that that's pretty much everything. Everything is made up of this knowing. And the um, <clears throat> we've gone through the individual 
senses, but you can do it uh, globally. You can do the whole, whole, the whole thing, all that. seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. You look at all of that and see how it's changing, moving, insubstantial, impermanent, not self. And, and then with all those senses, you can turn around and look at the, the source, where it's coming from. Look at that space of knowing. And the, um, <clears throat> the really uh, nice thing about this knowing, start to connect with the knowing, which is like a, a kind of core being, if you like. It's not, uh, it's not like an individual being. Normally we'd think of it as being there's me as a being in here, you as a being out, th out there, somebody else as a being. But when we're looking at knowing, it's just being. It's just a, a sense of selfless knowing. And the really lovely thing about that is is that it's fulfilled. There's a sense of fulfilment or contentment. It's not doesn't want something outside of itself. It's like fulfilled and content. So contemplating this knowing in meditation it's a way, a way of discovering a, a different level of um, peacefulness or contentment fulfillment okay so I've talked for a bit over half an hour I, think that, I hope uh, some of that's useful for you to take away and consider reflect on <coughs>